What the fuck? What the F? I don't want to swear. Um, what's up, everybody? How's hello. it going? Hi. Hi and hello. Hi and hello. Welcome. Welcome on in to FOH. I'm Elaine Devane. I'm Kelly Sullivan. And it's a service industry podcast. For you. Exactly. Bottom line, it's just for you. It's here. It's for you. We're doing it. It's not your mother's podcast. <laughs> it's not your mother's podcast. It's not the daily. So it's yeah. not the daily. It's not like a lifetime movie, true mm-hmm. crime podcast. It's not Dirty mm-hmm. John or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I just guessing. That. Me too. I started listening to Dirty John, but I never finished it because it was like not really clear to me that anything interesting was going to happen, so I still don't know what happened. Yeah, something interesting does happen at the end, but... Oh, okay. If it doesn't hook you in the beginning, you know, you get out. Do you have a taxi cab in your apartment right now honking <laughs> Sorry, you? I have to leave, yeah. <laughs> He's taking me to the airport. Is this a bad time? <laughs> oh, the sounds doing. of the city. We love it. We love it. Um... Kelly, it how... was like that they were like, he's faking being a nurse. And I was like, okay, that's lame. And then I just ch- kind of checked out. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's actually really hard to fake. So that's like more power to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Literally what the fuck is going on? What's going on out there? The double park I situation? I, no, I think, I think he legitimately is picking someone up. Okay. That guy's... No one is parked in front of the Sir, car. Sir, go up to the door and knock, okay? Ring the fucking bell. Send a text. It's the 21st century. And this is recorded for all... Your rage is now recorded for all time. It, ha- so. it must be a new... It's a black car. Yep. It's someone's waiting for an Uber, I think. Okay, anyway, these are just... Ridgewood uh, Queens, <sighs> oh, folks. Goodness. Oh, my goodness in heaven. Um... When uh, the we had some wildfire smoke here last week that was very fucking freaky to this East Coaster, and um, I was like talking about it at work, and I was like, man, fucking ash raining down from the sky. I was like, this is fucking crazy. Had to get an air purifier, whatever. And this guy was like, yeah, I don't think it's any more fucking polluted than Queens. And I was like, okay, well. Yeah, but I don't realize I'm inhaling total fucking poison. This well, is also, actual... it's not concentrate. It's not like there's like a month out of the year where all the car exhaust is. I'm not like sucking on the tailpipe of a fucking bus right now. Yeah. Like, Anyways. that's insane. To yeah. Say. And I like, said, I take the point, but no. I said, this is discrimination. This is another classic example of East Coast discrimination and... I'm not taking it anymore. I won't stand for it. I won't fucking stand for it. I won't stand for it. Um, Completely agree. Anyways, Kelly, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Lillian? I am fine as well. We were just discussing. Well, one, I just want to say I just ate ramen. And not just any ramen, but ramen out of the cup. Like the cup of noodles. And I'm drinking out of a fucking quart container. From a television show I saw, inspired by it. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> mango White Claw with a splash of grapefruit juice. I love that. Which is, by the way, mixology. Listeners, it's mixology, and it's now, and it's happening, and it's delicious. 
That sounds really good. It is. And I got a tall boy of mango white claw, so let's fucking go. I literally might go walk to the store and, like, kind of concoct that for me. A little Natalie's, a little white claw. I'm drinking um, kava that my roommate opened, like, literally last night. Okay. Possibly two days ago. Um, It is still bubbly, but Mm. not as bubbly as it might. Not where you'd like it it to be. Yeah, got it. Well, cheers. This is FOH... At night. After dark. After dark. Um, because we both have crazy schedules um, at the moment. And always, We both actually. have stuff to do. Both have stuff to do. Um, so, yes. But it's but it's back-to-school programming. We've got stuff coming to you. Schedules. We're reading things. We're not just... We're not just, it's not off the dome anymore. No, it's not off the dome anymore. And we um, are back on schedule with Patreon stuff. So we've, we know we owe you some things. So they're coming out. Um, and we're just happy to be here serving you all every week. And yeah, I think, I think we're in for a rip roaring fall. I feel it. I feel good about it, actually. I feel pretty good about it, too, actually. I feel like, um, I don't know. Like there's something in the air. Well, okay. I, having said there's something in the air, I know a lot of people with COVID right now, (laughs) but besides that, I think like there's something in the air where I'm like, okay, like I, I feel a good energy in the city right now. Yeah, as we discussed, six planets are currently in retrograde, but I think we can see past that. It's also like, okay, so that's what's happening. Like, it's like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's what's happening. Like, there's no, that's not good. That's not bad. That's just like, it is happening. Girl, that's reality. We call that reality. reality. So you might as well just like frickin'. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think, uh, I think it's happening for us after all I will years. say, like I was telling Lillian before uh, we recorded this, like yesterday was the first day of R&D that I was doing with the woman who owns the bar that I work at for our fall cocktails. And it was going so poorly that I truly almost said, listen, six planets are in retrograde. Maybe not. Today. Maybe this is the reason. Yeah. Like I it was truly going so poor. Like it's just, I think what's surprising is like, it's alcohol, citrus juice, and sugar. So, yeah. like, it, you think in your mind, like, what's something here has to taste good. Yeah. And it was going so poorly that I truly, I truly was about to say, we got to charge the crystals and come back to it. Yeah. I was like, this is not, I was like, it's, it's, it's going wrong on such a comical level that. I do have to blame the stars. I mean, I had a similar situation happen to me this week that was so fucked up on a huge scale that I was like, this is out of our, this is something else. So yeah, right. let's, let's say that this is all true. I believe in it now. Um, okay. Should we do service stories? Yeah. Let's, sure. um, so you're going to read one. Yeah. Do you want me to go first? I'm going to, well, I feel like yours were only facts a punch. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll say mine, which is just like a silly thing that literally happened to me like two hours ago. Okay. Which is that I was doing, as I said, like we're doing new fall cocktails that are going to be theoretically ready for a staff meeting uh, on not this Monday, but the following. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of in crunch time right now. So I was like in the basement all day, like trying to figure, you know, I was trying to like make moves. I walk up and at, sitting at the bar is the host of my favorite podcast besides this one. 
um, Bobby Finger of Who Weekly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I like start kind of like stalking around the bar like a cat. Kind okay. Of, like, yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, it definitely is him. And then I like check in with probably almost everyone who works there, probably a few tables. I don't even remember and being like, should I say hi? Mm-hmm. Which is like, he's not famous. It would be fine to say hi. And, uh, and then finally I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And I was like, it's like literally I could feel my heart in my chest. Like (laughs) I've served literal famous people. I've served people with stars on the Hollywood walk. Yeah, sure. And this is probably the most nervous, like at least in the top, like 10% of like nervousness that I've felt to like speak with someone and I was like, I'm just a big fan of yours. And he was like, oh, thanks. That's so nice. But it's also like, he's just like a 35-year-old man from Brooklyn. So it's like, also right. he's my, so to be starstruck by him is so funny. Yes. And yes. I really said like weird stuff. And I was like, uh, okay, bye. Do you think people feel that way about us when they see us in public? I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. Like, really, what I said to him, I was like, he's probably, like, <laughs> you know those apps where it's, like, you can hold down a button while you walk home, and if you release it, it, like, calls the cops? No. They're, like, single woman apps. Sure. And he probably, like, down while we were talking, <laughs> downloaded one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anybody, I mean, speaking from personal experience, anybody who has a podcast is thrives on any sort of validation or no it was just truly like so he has a a novel coming out Mm -hmm. next next tuesday and there's gonna be like a little panel thing about it uh at books are magic next tuesday and i am gonna be which he did not need to know prepping during the day at my restaurant so i told him i was like well, I'll be here next Tuesday during the day. So I think I might just like come to books are magic. Like after I leave here, like on Tuesday. And he was like, okay. <laughs> oh my God, Kelly. Okay. That is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just letting him know my work schedule. Like, I don't know. It might be a little bit late, but I'm going to try to just kind of <laughs> quietly get in. It's going to be, I obviously I have to take the R train. So like, you know what a hike that is, but like, yeah, I'm going to try to get there. I might be really hungry though. So if I get a snack, can I bring you something? <laughs> Do you want me to grab you anything? Like I'll probably like stop by the high, high room, but like, I don't know. Does that make sense for you? It's like, he's not my friend. Like it was, I was treating it like I was seeing you and being right. like, oh, you have that thing on Tuesday. Like, I'll be here. But then I'll just come. Like, it was really that level. And he was like, okay. Thanks, girl. See ya. He's gonna but be... he left a 25% tip, so. You know whatever. the chill that's going to go down his spine when you enter that room <laughs> yeah. next week? He's going to be like, she's really fucking <laughs> Oh, my God. He's like, yeah, it really is. He's going to, like, he's going to he's going to have like the thing of like, if you see me like tug on my ear, yeah. like, I'm in trouble. Him and his publicist, they're going to like, yeah, it's going to be a code fucking blue or whatever. God, so embarrassing. Well, I think that he probably, it's so cute to have a, I'm sure he loved it on some level. Oh I know God. he did. It's so embarrassing. So whatever, it's fine. When you reach a level of fame that you have like a fan that unhinged, I think that's great. 
I think it just like it really threw me off. And I think what did make me so nervous is that like like it doesn't make me nervous to see I don't know, like Casey Musgraves came into the restaurant that mm-hmm. I work at the other night. Right. And it's like I'm not nervous to see her because it's like Well, you don't care and you don't also don't listen okay. to her talk for hours and hours. That's what that's the right. difference. Right. It's like that and it's also like we are really like it's like we socially we know people in common. Yeah, totally. And so it's like he is very close. So it's like almost like seeing like someone that you know your friend dated, but you never met. Like where yeah, you're like, like a how peer, do I approach this peer, yeah. situation? Like it's like kind of. It was just like it was. I but I was such a freak about it. So I apologize, Bobby Finger, if you're listening. I apologize, Bobby Finger, if you're a fan of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a fan of Foh for some reason. <laughs> That would have been cool if he flipped it on you, but... Yeah, if he was like, well, guess guess who's a hey. fan of yours? Yeah, that's in your dream scenario. I did serve... I don't even think I told you. I served Deb Perlman the other day. Oh, shit. Like, and I was like, you've... Like, we've interacted so, on social meds. Did you say anything to her? Um, no. Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, you don't want to have a, a Lillian Devane, Melissa Clark interaction. Cause that's, it's really funny because I think I've said to you and I've said on this podcast, like almost everyone who works at my restaurant is 21, mm-hmm. but me and the GM are obviously like in our thirties and I, to the GM, I was like looking at the reservations for the night and I was like, um, so I was like, I'm marking this person VIP. Um, I was like, they're just, they're kind of like a food blogger. Um, I just really like them. And she was like, oh, my God, Deb Perlman. Obviously, I know Smitten Kitchen. She's like, yeah, mark her VIP. I was like, okay, thank Okay, God. great. I don't have to explain this. Okay, perfect. <sighs> what a relief. Was I she on a date? To... Was she with her husband? She was with her husband. Honestly, they were so cute because I can't believe I never told the story. She literally, they ordered, like, they wanted to wait for a table. And then, they're like, the wait is too long. So they sat at the bar, which is how I ended up serving them. Um, and then they ordered so much. They're both like burly people. Sure. <laughs> and I was like, just like, like, yeah. lar- like yeah, yeah, not yeah. like, oh, they're fatties. Like they're massive. And like, they're both tall. <laughs> like they look Nordic, like Weird. whatever. Okay. And, um, and, and they ordered so much food and I went, um, yeah, I might eat then. And she cut me off. <gasps> And I was going to say, take one dish away. And she goes, add another thing. And I was like, sure. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then it was such a truly insane amount of food that then one of the dishes I brought to them. And she just went, no, I'm so sorry. We're not going to be able to eat that. You can just take it back. Oh my God. It was like, not even like just wrap it. Like she was just like, like, just no, don't even show it to me. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense because you ordered like, it was, it was already too much food. And then she was like in a weird anticipation, like maybe I should do more. No, do less Deb. I, um, but I have a friend who served her. I was telling a friend of mine who works at Estella, which is like, yeah, whatever restaurant in New York. And I was telling my friend that story and she was like, oh yeah, they've come into Estella and they each get an endive salad. Wow. Which is like the salad with like yep. pecorino. Oh yeah. Nuts. Like it's like a. That's a big. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a big salad. salad. They each get one. Good for them. I know. I'm like, I, I mean, I love it. That's the life. They're living it up. I didn't. That's not how I pictured her. I know. It's very interesting. But it, I mean, she was so sweet. So friendly. Great. 
Thank God. I couldn't like, stand it otherwise. And very, like, funny about it, obviously. Because yeah. it's, like, a hilarious thing to do to be like, wow, I, I overordered to the point of just, like, can't even look Yeah, at there's that. no other option but to not even look at that plate. Yeah. Funny. Sweet. Um, great. Wow. Jealous and love that at the same time. Um, okay, I don't have a service story because... I just fucking don't. I don't really interact with guests that much anymore. And when I do, I'm just like, what do you want? Red pepper flakes? Cool. I'll be right back. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Oh, okay. Here's your pizza, ma'am. Um, but we have a new listener submission that I will read, which... Mm, buckle it's up. It's pretty crazy. It's a little bit crazy. And this is, again, sometimes these are a little bit inside baseball in New York, but I think this, I think this transcends. It holds, like, it's still going to read as crazy to our non-New York listeners, but I think to our New York listeners, it's going to be jaw-dropping. Yeah. Okay. So this is from Soph. Um, and this happened in... Winnie's Karaoke Bar a few months ago. Okay. Yeah. Winnie's is a karaoke bar in uh, Chinatown. Great. Okay. So, Soph says, This isn't a service story. It is important gossip about a popular restaurant owner, Kiki of Kiki's. Okay. Which is a Greek restaurant in Dime Square, which is adjacent to Chinatown. Yes. Um, okay. My friend, who is black, had an altercation with her at Winnie's the Karaoke Bar a few months back. Kiki was repeatedly and gleefully singing the N-word while doing karaoke. My friend, against her better judgment, decided to say something to her, and Kiki got belligerently in her face and said, Most people don't even know I'm not white until the last second. Okay. She then started repeating F-slur and tried to make her trans friend come and back her up. <sighs> yeah. Kiki was being so aggressive that the bouncer had to get in between her and my friend and eventually kicked her out of the bar. She fought him the whole way down the stairs, apparently, and the bouncer told my friend later that Kiki often comes in aggressive and blackout. Anyways, we hate that racist bee and have boycotted Kiki's, which sucks, but... Um, end of story. Wow. End of story. Thank you very much for that information, Soph, and I'm sorry that that happened. Um, fucking yikes. That is a huge fucking yikes, and um, what do you say? What more can you say? I mean, do you want to describe sort of like the typical Kiki's... I just want to say... I don't know if you've ever recounted this story on the podcast, but uh, it probably shouldn't be a surprise. One time Lily and I were in an upstate trip with a server at Kiki's who was bitten by a tick. Oh, my God. And uh, subsequently, everyone said, capture the tick, put it in a plastic bag. We're going to get it tested. And Lily and I were both like, that's insane, became the villains of the trip. Sorry, I'm covering my whole face with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. So that's know. kind of the vibe of Kiki. Oh my God. I fucking didn't know that that person worked at Kiki's. She sure did. Okay, sure so did. everyone, you instantly know what that means for some reason because of that story. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so you get the vibe. I, <laughs> you get the vibe. <laughs> I often 
shudder when I think about I my behavior shudder. on that trip and that we did I often <laughs> shudder. When I think about my behavior on that trip, I I do often shudder. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was like completely ladies and gentlemen, it was say. completely inexcusable behavior from Kelly and I and I don't apologize for it. I but... think probably 12 planets might have been in retrograde at that point. Let's fucking hope time. so because <laughs> that was absolutely inexcusable and I like but like I said I don't apologize for it but okay so that person with the tick is racist. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Oh my goodness. Okay. So that um, person with- Okay, I just thought of a really good idea for a, 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 a Patreon clip that yeah. we can do for later because we've been neglecting our patrons. Okay, great. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, patrons, we're sorry. I'm sorry. Summer's been rough. Um, I, like, I think it's just, yeah, whatever. And that's not to say time. that we don't, if you're thinking about becoming a patron, don't be... Don't be scared. Don't, don't be, be scared because we I do actually put out content on a fairly regular basis. We're just struggling and a little off schedule at this moment, but we always get it to you. It might be a little bit late. Um, anyways. Okay. Yeah. That's a fucked up story. And you know what? If you, if you ever have gossip about anything, a public behavior of Mm. any sort of person like that, we will absolutely read it on the air. I don't even care if it's true. Happy to report lies here. That is so true. If you can make up something about someone you hate, that's totally fine with me. I, it's not my fault. I'm just, I'm just repeating. It's like Demois. It's like Demois. Exactly. I'll say allegedly, maybe I'll say allegedly from now on. Wendy Williams. Yes. The, the killer. But, uh, as killer. The killer. Oh, oh boy. We love Wendy. We Anyways. Love Wendy. Um, thank you for that submission. <laughs> and as always, any of you can, um, write in to us. The link is a Google form in our Instagram, uh, bio. So we love hearing your stories and, uh, start and thinking- also don't be shy. If this is happening to you in Cincinnati, in Tallahassee, no, totally. in Phoenix, anywhere, and you're hearing people doing fucked up stuff, being racist, any of this stuff, we'll air it out. Tell us what you want. If you hate your manager and you want to turn them into a patron and write shitty things about them, I'll read. We'll read it. No Whatever problem. Whatever you want. Whatever. You oh, want. this is this type of bar in Omaha. Cool. What happened? No problem. As long as you use enough adjectives, I'll get the vibe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Even if some, just a, a normal interaction that made you pissed off, we would love to be part no of that problem. catharsis for you. Yeah. Um, but yes, and start thinking about your horror stories for October. It's coming absolutely, absolutely um, around the bend. So, shall we? Yes. So, this is an article, Lillian, you chose this article. Yeah. I don't re- take responsibility, though. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Um, this is an article. Sorry, I'm just looking up the author. No, it's right on. Uh, so this was, I feel like, passed around. It's a longer form. I know we rip on Eater a lot, and we actually have friends who write for them. So i sorry if that's... I like Eater fine. I'm not ever... You know yeah, what I mean? But they do have... They do. They are allowed occasionally to do real journalism, So, which is nice for them. Um, in between the other stuff, they're probably... The killer permits it. The killer allows... <laughs> I don't know if it's... Is it, okay, listeners, does anyone know what we're talking about? Tell us later. I think they do. I, I think, think so, do. too. Okay. Um, so this piece on Eater was passed around a lot recently. Um, it's it is, by um, 
Jaya Saxena? Saxena? Yeah. Saxena? Saxena? Yeah, it could be, yeah. Once again, this is someone we probably have social connections to. Just send them this episode, and then they can write in and say if we said their name right or wrong. Yeah. Yes. And that's how we'll deal with that. And that's how we'll deal with that situation. Um, But the piece is called Chaos Cooking is Coming. Are we ready? Um, Pretty catchy. Um, Illustrations by Don Caminos. Okay. Illustrations by Don Caminos. I just thought, let's start crediting the, you know, the artist. All of the artists involved with this piece. Um, So. They're really more of photo collages. Yeah. Well, you know, let's not. Um, so this piece is sort of like a, you know, a cultural trend, observational sort of piece, um, talking about this sort of new wave of, of cooking of food trends, um, and questions of like identity, authenticity, um, fusion, yeah. who's allowed to cook what, does it matter? And then sort of hearkening back to other similar trends through, you know, throughout the last 30 or 40 years. 30, 40, yeah. Um, I thought this was a really interesting article. I also read, um, I don't know if you saw this on Bon Appetit, kind of tangentially related by um, Jenny Zhang, mm-hmm. what we talk about when we talk about white people food, mm. which I kind of read in, in conversation. Oh, yes. Yes. Because, so Chaos Food, um, Jaya kind of defines as, um, uses like fusion cuisine as the jumping off point, Mm -hmm. but kind of talks about Chaos Food as almost like, like where fusion might be like, oh, we're cooking Japanese food with Italian technique. Mm -hmm. Chaos Food is saying, I'm a Japanese kid who grew up in Brooklyn around a bunch of Italian people, but also ate a lot of fried chicken, which is Mm -hmm. Southern black. You know what I mean? Like it's just basically acknowledging like the way that cultural heritage is built, which is like through many sources. Yes. 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 And Sort of like reflecting back, um, the author references one of our one of our old faves, um, Ruth Rachel. Ugh, I love Ruth Rachel. Um, what did I say, Rachel? Rachel. I think that's I think that's the correct way to say. I it. don't know. Now I can't find it in this piece. But um, basically, who is just saying like now, like talking about in the eighties and nineties, um, saying like. Right, so here it is. Uh, Ruth Rachel saying, like, the ending of the tyranny of taste, which had held fine dining under the reins of French, Italian, and gourmet cooking. Uh, This is Ruth's quote. Uh, That sort of foolish faddishness is finally behind us. Today, the only fashionable thing to eat is food that tastes very, very good, preferably cooked by the very, very famous. So this was kind of like that bucking against, like, that fusion time or, like, the 80s when it was, like, when we that we've talked about where, like, these foods were coming in from different places and things were much more like global and all of that. And it wasn't just like, oh, we sit, a nice restaurant means we go out to a French place. Right, we get duck all around. Right. And I think it is like, and also I think one of the things like that is sort of touched on in this article about chaos cooking 
without being explicitly said is like in the 80s and 90s a chef's career which was much longer basically mm. like you would start and a sous would be in their 30s and 40s and then you wouldn't be an executive chef until your 50s and 60s whereas now yeah there's so much turnover there are so many restaurants that Sues are in their 20s and early 30s, and you're an exec by your 30s or early 40s. And so it's also like you have so many techniques because, like, these people aren't building their careers over two right. or three restaurants over decades. They're right. building their careers in 10 restaurants over six years. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's like you're getting all this technique, all this information, all this knowledge, all these this product knowledge really quickly. Mm -hmm. So you're building like you can pull from so much different stuff with expertise. That's true. Yeah. You know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I think like I mean, I don't want to say all of this is also related to COVID, but it is. Yeah. I think. And they were also saying, like, I forget which, which chef or cook, whatever was quoted, but saying, like, everyone, which is interesting, I hadn't really thought about this, but I don't really know if I agree with it, but saying that, like, everyone, or eh, a lot of people, um, cooked more off, you know, cooked more. If, if, you're, if your schedule changed or you're working from home or whatever, you spent more time, you know, everyone made the bread or whatever the fuck. Like, you know, this is, again, white-collar fucking office workers. But right. you're spending more time cooking for yourself and learning these basics. So it's like, all, <laughs> this person was saying, like, yeah, now it's harder to, like, impress somebody with, like, a really good plate of noodles. So it's like, okay, well, now more people than ever know how to do that or learn yeah. that or whatever, which is interesting. And I think, again, like, kind of, like, the subtext of this is, like, one of the cooks who who does this chaos cooking was saying, like, I was so burnt out that I would literally just do, not, like, a pop-up as such, but literally text my friends, like, I'm going to this bar, I'm going to be cooking. 45 minutes from now, you can come through or not. Yeah. And it's, like, that, too, like the flip side of the white collar people cooking focaccia for themselves, yeah. making hand pulled noodles for themselves is that like restaurant people not only worked through it, yeah. but were the most, yeah, it's like still the most deadly job you could have done yeah. during the pandemic. And it's like, what's the response to that? It, it is the da da yeah. of COVID yeah, is yeah. just being like, okay, cool. Like I just had to pull, a 14 hour shift at my restaurant because the other line cook literally died of COVID yeah. and I want to cook for my friends and I'm going to pull up in 45 minutes with Velveeta cheese. We're making fucking hot dogs. With, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Born out of like trauma and necessity and like, yeah. And just, I think a lot of us have, I mean, maybe I'm speaking too broadly, but I've had a real sense of like, on the one hand, it's really freeing to be like, what the fuck? is going on who fucking cares anymore yeah. in a certain way. You know, I'm like, you know what? In the fucking scheme of things, this doesn't fucking matter. You might as well do, if you're lucky enough, do what you like to do. Make, make yeah. your, you know what I mean? Like, it's, we've seen what's been fucking going on, and it's just like, do it for, hey, do it for yourself, buddy. Do it for yourself. And then I think the other thing that this article talks about and why I kind of read that, what we talk about when we talk about white people food is like 
there's such a backlash to these ideas about like authenticity and who's allowed to mm-hmm. cook certain kinds of food. Yeah. And we've talked about this and kind of like tried to, as obviously white people tried to like negotiate how to like, like authenticity in and of itself is an otherizing concept. Mm-hmm. So like, how do you deal? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and and then authenticity has gone to like such a fever pitch with like certain people mm-hmm. and certain communities that like Jenny Zhang, the article on Bon Appetit, she was talking about um, a tweet that I don't think went full, full viral, but semi-viral of like, oh, it's no surprise that sushi is really popular with white people. It's literally like rice and fish. (laughs) And it's like, okay, like literally sushi in its origin is like a working class meal. Right. Where like fish was wrapped in rice to preserve it. Like it's like, yeah, right. We have lost the script. Yes, a hundred percent. A hundred percent we have. Yes. And I mean, not to like, this is obvious, but it's like, Like, it's really fucking weird. It's like you're putting people in, like, a cuisine zoo and being like, no, make this thing and don't fucking change it because you're not allowed to. And that because but it's like we know how how different people when they move through two different countries, when they move even or they're fucking forced to flee or whatever. And we know like literally you just look at the U.S. like um visas are usually when we talk about uh like refugee visas or immigration visas they're usually concentrated resettlements so you have like lots of vietnamese people in um like on the gulf coast yeah and so it's like that's not fusion cuisine it's just saying like well how did these people end up here what ingredients were they using like and that's just, that's like real fucking life. That's and people, life. that's what happens. And like, that's what's beautiful about it is that it, it does, and it's sorry to say, but you know, folkloric fucking bullshit is that some things change and some things stay the same. And that, and that's just what fucking happens to everything. And that's like, yeah, that's totally. natural and it's beautiful. And it's one thing to say, like, let's preserve this, like, this, this cuisine or whatever that's, from people who have been like forced out and they're desperate to, to teach these techniques to people or something like that, that's different than just letting fucking people who are real ass people cooking food do what right. the fuck they want to. And then it is authentic because it's that person cooking that food. It's just like so weird to yeah. me. It's so weird. And I think it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm always hesitant to be like, I think we're in a good place in like the food industry, specifically the restaurant industry. Like, Everyone knows, like, there's as much VC money, there's as much dark money, like, as any other industry and probably more so. But I think it's, like, in a good place in the sense of, like, fusion had its rise in the 80s when there wasn't going to be a Michelin-starred Indian restaurant or Chinese restaurant or Japanese restaurant because those foods weren't given any credit as as haute cuisine. And now it's like, if that's authentic to you, if it's authentic to you to be like, yeah, I really want to make, like, I really want to have, like, this, like, white tablecloth service level. I really want to be able to present this food at this, with, with this presentation and have it be competing for Michelin stars and have it be 
in that uh, echelon, I guess, yeah. of restaurants, you can totally do that and you will find respect and not just in New York and not just in LA. Like that's true in a yeah. lot of cities in the U S and if you're like, that's not what I want to do. That's not how I feel like I want to cook. Then like you don't have to. Yeah. And I think that's like what, like the authenticity question is always really thorny and like, yeah. but it, if it's authentic, if it's authentic to like people's desire, how they want to present themselves, like, yeah. Yeah. Also, like... It is interesting. What we're, no, no, no. I was just saying, it just... I think everyone just is ready to, like, have some fun. Yeah. And <laughs> I think back off this question. Yes. Of, yeah. Of authenticity. Yeah. Sorry. You were going to say? I was going to say what's interesting to me is the other piece that um, this author on Eater touched on is, like, that um, TikTok basically, like... <sighs> recipe in in terms of like how um, mm. diners receive food mm, mm-hmm. like if you wanted to cook in the past you would watch a cook's illustrated video or a bon appetit video that might be 30 40 minutes an hour whatever and now you can get a video that is a tiktok that's yeah. two minutes is it the same quality no is it going to teach you to the same no. Does it have no. a weird sped up chipmunk song in the background? <laughs> right. Yeah. Is there a woman being like, T-L-W-U. <laughs> what does the voice sound like on TikTok? T-L-W-U. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The computer voice. T-F-W-U-C. Your grandparents. I don't know. Whatever. T-F-W. Yeah. There's some kind of. I'll get it. P-O-V. Your grandparents escaped. Yeah. American forces in Vietnam. oh my god yeah like so it's also like i don't know like tiktok we've talked about tiktok on this podcast and like i still don't feel like i have my arms around it like the level of impact that tiktok has is always shocking to me um i'll send you this account that i use to i use that account to have tiktok in my life Oh, okay. Great. And it's really incredible. It's really given me a new window into um, we live in a society, you know? Okay. Um, Perfect. In a great way. Um, <clears throat> I have a quick question for you, Kelly, and maybe also our listeners. Um, when you put a towel on, this is not related to anything, obviously. This is just something I've been totally thinking fine. about. It's been bothering me. When you, you get out of a shower... You put on a towel. Yeah. How do you make it stay up for you personally? Um, I usually, like, I'll definitely do the, okay, so I have, um, like, my body towel is one of those big, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think they're called bath sheets. Yeah. Um, and I do that around, I wrap it around my body as, like, pretty snug, and then I do tuck the corner but I also don't count on it to like, like I'm not trying to like, it's not a fucking movie. So I'm not trying to like, I just like need- I, I did my hair today. I wouldn't do that with a towel on. If I had the towel, I would just give up and be in the nude. Listeners, I just need, okay, this makes me feel better. When I 
for my entire life. And mind you, I just realized how to sleep on a pillow recently. So I'm just, this is kind of, this is literally like, I don't even want to get into it. I just okay. realized I don't want to explore it. Don't I've been sleeping it. incorrectly on a pillow my whole life. So this is just a new kind of like, what else is what going on? Okay. Yep. Well, I'll tell you later. Know. You know what? I'll save it for the fucking patrons. Great. No. But, um, when no. I, put, no. <laughs> All right, okay, so I've drained on. a little bit of this mango white claw, and this is what's happening. When I put a towel on, it 100% of the time falls off within five minutes, and I don't know what yeah. I'm doing wrong. And it's, Maybe I, maybe it's because you're so thin. And I'm too little. No, but my you're whole life, little. I'm not. No, it's just I, I, ran, I put the towel on as far over as I can. I tuck the giant fucking thing Have in the you, front. Because you can buy. Um, no. I know with elastic. No, Have that you ever is that? fucking end my. If if I've done that, okay. something's commit. Something's wrong with me. It's almost like a house that. dress, but like no, Terry. That's so sad. I can't. My life is already so no, fucking what's depressing. What's the difference between that and a robe? I have a robe. A robe, you can get a nice robe. Anyways, everyone, do you, some people fold it down over the top. Yeah, I've done that before, but I don't I know I want it to look it, like, cute. Works. Okay, anyways, if you guys have any tips on how to wear a towel. If you have any tips. On and I'm not talking about, and this so is on the chest. In, on the chest, okay? This is not at yeah. the waist, because that's fucking no, child's yeah, play. that's fine. That doesn't fucking that's matter. That's fine. Okay, sorry, I just had to ask that quick question. Um, anyways... I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I have a robe. So, like, if I if I want to be post shower and I want to be mobile, but I'm putting on the robe. Sometimes sure. I can't be asked to even put on a robe, though, is the thing. So, well, I will say I have a Terry robe, which is what I like. That's interesting. That's interesting because it kind of mimics. Okay. All right. Lots to think anyway. about. Um, but anyways, this piece raised a lot of great questions and points. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Interesting. I it was Keep great. an eye. Keep I thought an it was eye really on. interesting. Keep an eye on it. And um and also I thought it was both interesting and also like realistic in the sense of like uh we've talked about it on this show. Sometimes um food writers I think you're looking at it, you're staring down the the barrel of a deadline and you're going, Yeah. What's it gonna be? what's it going to be? So this was like something that felt yeah, like what is actually happening. This person had an actual idea and pitched it right. as such and then kind yeah. of did the work of interviewing people for it, which yeah. respects because, hey. you know, it's not every day you read something like that. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, I think it's, I, I do think we're at, we've arrived as we said earlier in this in this very episode, we've arrived at a new moment. I hope so. I think so. I really do hope we're able to get out of this sort of like the identity politics of like who can cook what and how is it authentic. It's like I mean, I think we all remember when Andrew Zimmerman was opening White Cricket or whatever his do you remember that? <laughs> Yeah, like Lucky Cricket or something. Yeah. Like, I don't want... I'm not saying that's... I'm not saying everything's permissible, but I really hope we've moved past, like, you know, the question of who can cook what based solely on, like, 
race data from the 1930s. Yeah, I, I, I have a feeling, and this is, again, I'm taking the temperature based on a very specific and small sample, but at least on campus, things are, have cooled off a little bit, which is where yeah. the most annoying shit like that happens. So from, from the University of Oregon, lips to your ears. Um, wait, I was going to say something about, I don't remember. Anyways, fingers crossed. Good stuff's coming. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like this, I work at, um, a Tex-Mex restaurant in New York and my chef is from Texas, is Mexican from Texas, had never cooked this cuisine professionally so like quite often it'll feature like italian food because mm -hmm. that's just what he yeah trained to do you know what i mean like i feel like this is like it felt resonant to me because i was like yeah that is true that is what's going on yeah yeah and ultimately if you're not a crazy asshole and the food is good and you're honest about it who fucking cares? IMO. Yeah. I mean, look, not, a lot of it's not for me to decide, but it's also just like, I think people, it's like everyone, we can maybe just take a little bit of a breath. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. I, think, I would love that. And because I think part of that breath is, I hope that other white people feel like you don't need to like overstate your claim. You mm -hmm. don't need to claim that like you spent you know, you're 27, but somehow you spent 55 years in China learning about noodles. Like, right. it's okay to just be like, this cuisine was interesting to me. I worked at a Chinese restaurant. I yeah. want to cook it now. And then kind of, like, see how it goes. Right. Like, I hope that the flip side of it is that, that, like, I hope people aren't demanding authenticity, and I hope people aren't, like, making, like, weird claims about their right to cook <sighs> It's also, I don't know. It's just fucking food, everybody. I don't know. It's, a, it's just. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, as they say. Um, I guess it's that, too. Like, it's like, I hope everyone remembers that, like, not specifically, oh, it's just food, because, like, I understand what food no, is. No, of course. And you know what I mean. It's more than that. Yeah. But I hope everyone remembers that um, restaurants aren't food. In a, in a sense, because yes. that's not where you get the bulk of your, right. uh, not only the bulk of your nutrition from, but it's not the bulk of your life, your social life, your heritage. So what happens in a restaurant, you can just kind of Stays go, in a restaurant, you hope. It's you fake. Hope. No, I know. And I didn't mean it's just food, but. No, uh, I, know. I, don't, I know you didn't mean that. I know. But I'm just like. I know you would never say that. I would never say that, Lillian. But a restaurant is not these dramas, I understand that a restaurant is an exciting place to play out these dramas, but really what you have to think about is that a restaurant is really somewhere you go infrequently yeah. for a specific reason and don't worry so much. And you're probably hopefully with someone who you love or at least like a little bit. So why don't you just talk to them? Now um, I will say I went to a Thai restaurant the other night in New York. I don't know who's, Mm. behind the frickin' burners there. It was delish. <laughs> I thought you were going to go the it other way. It was delish. Great. Fish cheeks on bond. It's been getting a lot of, of 
hype. Okay. Maybe not recently, but, you That's know, good. semi-recently. All right. It was good. Okay. You heard it here last. You heard it here last. Fish Cheeks on Bond is pretty good. Last thing I'll ask you that's not... Do you? What do we think about... And then we're leaving the, you, listeners. Yeah. I think people are getting tired of these long-form expose pieces about restaurants. And I don't really know what to do about it. Or what I, It's an interesting twist on this whole thing. Yes. Completely agree with that. Maybe we can do an episode about it or something. But it's something that's like, I keep seeing it. It's not as frequent anymore, but these when these things drop or whatever, the the, the, yeah. the splash is not as big, and people are like, okay, we get it. And it's like, okay, this is an interesting turn on this whole thing. Yes, completely. Yeah, we should do an episode on that. It, the, the Yes. I mean, I think in many ways we've been charting, in, in ways both large and small, we've been charting uh, the general interest yeah, especially vis-a-vis COVID in yeah restaurant culture, and where are we now, dude? It is actually so fucking crazy. <coughs> oh, sorry, that's okay. Maybe um, I have COVID. Like no, I said, like so many people have COVID. No, right you now. don't. You don't. You don't. It is actually so crazy, everyone and Kelly, that we started this podcast two years before COVID. And then also podcasted through COVID. We really did. And out through the other side is actually like put us in a museum. Sorry. It is. I know. I'm like, wow, we really like, like this podcast is a really interesting time capsule. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. I think so too. It is. I mean, look. I mean, who would have known? It's not anything we know, obviously. And we know. They're not all bangers, nor can they be. (laughs) No. But. We're aware of that. (laughs) We are only human, okay? And sometimes not even fully. So, we get it. Um, But anyways, just saying, sometimes I'm like, damn, that was crazy. And honestly, I think I've said it before, but truly, thank God for this podcast for giving me a tiny amount of structure and being a place for me to talk about this bullshit when I was like, what the f- actual fuck is going on and what's going to happen to me? Anyways. That's sure. what happens when... Okay, no more white claws in podcasting. You know what? That's it. I'm putting my foot I know, down. I know, I know. I'm out. Now you know how I feel when I'm, like, cracking a beer before we record and then I'm like, oh, I said something so insane. Oh, my God. And I, I just... I can't be... The emotions thing, I had too many emotions for the last year or two years. I can't do it anymore. So this is no emotion fall for me. Oh, um, I love that. Thank you. Stronger yeah. than ever. Okay. Um, thanks yeah. for listening. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.